and welcome to Life in Luca with Andrea. I'm frequently asked for recommendations and one of the most requested is for language schools. So before I introduce today's guest, I'm delighted to tell you that this episode is supported by the language school Melting Pot Luca. Luca is the ideal place to either start learning Italian or developing and perfecting your Italian language skills. Wouldn't it be wonderful to speak a little Italian when walking on the walls, starting your day with a cappuccino, crossing the city on your bike, or ordering delicious food and good wine. As is often said, the Lucchese experience is not complete until you are chatting Italian with the locals. If you live in Lucca, are staying for an extended period, or if you're just planning your holiday, why don't you combine all this with an Italian language course at Melting Pot Lucca? And exclusively for listeners of Life in Luca with Andrea, if you book a course of lessons with Melting Pot Luca, you will receive a 10% discount. Just quote the code LIFE10 when booking. Don't wait too long though, as this code expires on the 31st of July 2023. You may be interested to know that Melting Pot Luca is located in the popular and lively Borgo Giannotti area, just on the other side of Porta Santa Maria. You'll start with a one-to-one placement test to ascertain your starting level and then choose from the many options. For example, one-to-one or group classes, gentle or intensive classes. It's even possible to continue your learning online because at Melting Pot Luca, Julia and Sarah are passionate about tailoring the learning plan to meet your individual needs. If you live in Luca, the optimal solution would be a lesson twice a week. To keep your Italian skills in shape, you'll practice conversation in an easy and fun way. If you're in Luca for a holiday, or if you just want to give a strong push to your Italian to learn as much as possible in the fastest way, you may want to try Melting Pot Luca's intensive morning classes. You could even enrol on Melting Pot Luca's extracurricular activities, for example, guided tours across the city, cooking classes and aperitivi. The ideal way to practice your newfound language skills. Melting Pot Luca can also help you find accommodation for your stay in Luca, as well as make recommendations about what's going on in Luca during your stay. So, what are you waiting for? Drop Julia and Sarah at Melting Pot Luca an email at info at meltingpotluca.it. They are waiting to hear from you and will be really happy to help you make your stay in Luca one of the best experiences of your life. You can find further information on the Melting Pot Luca website at www.meltingpotluca.it and you can follow Melting Pot Luca on Instagram and Facebook. You can find all the contact details for Melting Pot Luca in the episode notes. My guest today is Norma Jean Bishop. Some of you will know Norma Jean as the editor of the long-established cultural magazine, Grapevine, which is the go-to publication for anybody visiting or living in and around Lucca. What you may not know, however, is that Norma Jean has Italian heritage, studied in Florence, and after living in Paris for a spell, moved with her family to the province of Lucca to make it a permanent base nearly 30 years ago. As a consequence, she has many interesting stories and experiences to share and makes a fascinating guest. I particularly enjoyed recording this episode 
which took place in the Grapevine office, as you can hear the authentic sounds of Luca in the background. Enjoy the show. Norma Jean, ciao and welcome to Life in Luca with Andrea. Thank you, Andrea. Well, we're sat here, we're, we're sat here in the, um, the Grapevine office and um, I was saying to you as I passed earlier on, uh, as I, sorry, when I arrived earlier on, that I've been past here quite a few times and hadn't realised. So uh, you're tucked away nicely, but you're really near the centre, aren't you? We are, we're in the centre and we've been here for two years, no, uh, a few, six months actually, because before we were in Piazza uh, della de Colonna Mozza via uh, delle Angeli Custodi, and we moved recently, so moved to accommodate this art. Yes, yes, that's that. that you know, it, it sometimes it's good to have a bit of a shake up, isn't it, and, mm. and, and to move. But you've got lovely big windows, and you know you can watch the, the people going by. So it's good neighbours. Good, oh, that's good. Cold point. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, that's really good, really good. So um, there's so much. You've, you've had such such a such a full life, and um, a lot of it is integral to to Luca. But what originally brought you to Luca? Well, actually, it wasn't Luca itself. It was Italy, and in general, and um, the Italians in America. Because my mother was Italian, I went to Syracuse University, which was in New York, and Syracuse is a pretty Italian town, um, and I always loved it. We we had a program at my university in. Florence, we still do, one of the first overseas programs of American universities. And I went to Syracuse University in Florence. So I loved the experience. And from that point, I knew that I needed to come and live in Italy or at least spend more time here. I came to Luca because I have dear friends at Pietrasanta. And they visited me when I was living in France and said, Well, why don't you come try out Italy as your, your permanent home mm. and I stayed with them for the first month um, on vacation with my children we had a wonderful Christmas it was really magical we even did a little um, Shakespearean play in the house the Midsummer Night's Dream oh, wow. in a big house with a big family uh, mixed Italian and foreign and it was a wonderful experience and uh, we moved to Monteggiore which is an, uh, a hill town next to uh, Camaiore from there, my daughter became more involved with the, the harp. She was originally a pianist. And having a harp in a wet mountain town is not so easy. She, we came here and she went to Boccherini Institute, studied music. Oh, that's, 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 that's the famous music here. school here, isn't it, in yes. Luca? Yeah. Oh, you must be so proud. Yes. Yeah. So, so is, she, is she situated here in Luca now? She is. She's in her 30s and she's a teacher at the middle school. She's not exclusively... A musician. She works with dis disabled people, and my son, who's in his, who's a little bit younger, uh, is a bartender. Oh, right, right. around the corner. Around the corner. <laughs> it, well, no, it, that's wonderful because this is one of the things that uh, I try to get across in the podcast when I'm speaking to guests such as yourself. That um, although Luca is a city, it's a small city, mm -hmm. but it's got that communal feel. So you're here, sat in this office here. And then your son's round the corner being um, a bartender, and then your daughter is across the city, and she's teaching, and also she's a harpist with the Boccherini Music School. It, it's just, it's amazing. It, 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 I suppose in a nutshell, that sums up Luca, doesn't it? Right, right. And for families, it's wonderful, because with the walls, uh, we feel protected. 
Mm. I felt protected, I should mm. say. And uh, the children were free. I said, you can go anywhere inside the walls. Mm. And when they became adolescents, of course, they started going outside the walls. Mm. Uh, but I, I was apprehensive, you know, when your children mm. go out farther away from yeah. home and start riding in cars mm. and motorcycles, mm. you worry. But in town, we didn't have to worry. No. And everybody kept an eye on the, the young people. You know, That's right, everybody knows families. each other, don't they? Mm -hmm. you, see, it, it, you have enough distance to be independent and be yourself, mm -hmm. but you have that, um, if you need anything, somebody's always there to help, aren't they? Yeah, it's yeah. very much a small town. In fact, I have to say, uh, the first year in Luca, I was very ill, I went to the hospital, and people I didn't even know came to help me, parents, um, and a, a dear friend helped my children, uh, going to and from school while I was at the hospital mm. and I was very impressed mm. yeah, I never wanted to leave no no so so do you think it, well I, I don't suppose you, I think you've answered the question you think it's a good a good place to bring up children definitely mm. yeah so I mean I know you're originally from the states so mm. you must have friends there that had families in the states and you must be able to compare the difference well, you know, America's such a diverse place. Mm. It's so big. Mm. Um, I was a small child in Hawaii because my father was in the Coast Guard. Wow. Um, not all the time, but we lived mm. a number of years in mm. Honolulu. And there, too, you have uh, the mix of cultures and the family orientation mm. of the Hawaiians, the Asians, mm. that are very close. Mm. In the United States, it's not like that. Right. When I was 18, I left home and went to university and only came home for Christmas and, and Easter, pretty much, and summer, of course. But once I moved away from home, I didn't have that closeness with the family. So you made a new family in Italy. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So um, um, your children, they, they must be bilingual. Trilingual. Tr oh, trilingual. Tell my me. My daughter was born in Colorado, mm -hmm. and my son was born in France, and we lived... My, my husband, the children's father, mm. um, is uh, from California, but he got a job in Paris. Mm -hmm. And so we lived in Paris for, and, and around the area mm. of Paris for nine years. Mm. Uh, they started school in France, and it was difficult, especially for my son, um, both for hearing problems and because it was a third language. Mm. It was not an easy experience. But I, I recommend it for parents in general, that their children get the opportunity to speak foreign languages. In America, we have bilingualism for some people with French or Spanish. Yes. The Canadians, of course, mm. are bilingual. The Californians, many of them speak Spanish. Mm. You know, a lot of Hispanic families grow up bilingually. Mm. And I think it's a great opportunity. Mm. Oh, it is. It is. I mean, it broadens you and it allows you to travel more, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And especially as you were saying, you know, uh, I hadn't thought about it, but I've... Um, I've got quite a few friends from America, and um, it's only just dawned on me now. When I speak to them, they're grown-up children that are, you know, university, college, mm -hmm. university age. They have moved away either to different different states in America or to different countries. Yeah, so it, I hadn't realised that that was quite normal for American young people. Well, not everywhere, but uh, mm. you know, on the coast, uh, mm. New York City, uh, mm. where we have multicultural environments. Yeah, Florida. A lot of people are bilingual. Yes. But not bilingual, perhaps they mm. they have a second language. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
but you've really established yourself in Luca. So what, what I want to talk to you about is now your work. It's, it's sort of it's a, a love and a passion. And I, I touched on it earlier on in the interview. And it's the Grapevine magazine. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me about the Grapevine magazine? Sure. I started out as a teacher mm. and working in academic administration and also with the University of Cincinnati offer program. I was a liaison here for their mm. uh, summer program every year. They brought... 100, 100, 200 people to Luca to sing and to um, play music and uh, they were they were here for about 10 years and I worked with them um, I taught in the schools but then I uh, was also writing for the Grapevine magazine Susan Jarman was the editor and founder and it started in October of 1994 the first issue was black and white and eight pages <laughs> But from the beginning, it was a kind of Facebook networking tool. That's why we call it the Grapevine, based on the song. I heard it through the Grapevine. That's, a, that's wonderful, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, with, with uh, the development of Grapevine, uh, with uh, the development of, of uh, Facebook and Internet and so on, we're not so much a networking tool as we were before. We're more of a cultural uh, magazine mm. talking about what's available in, in this area, also trying to understand and trying to help people. Mm. So our tagline is, uh, for those uh, who live in Luca, no, sorry, for those who live in Tuscany or wish they did, which is not meant to be pretentious, but I think an awful lot of people love Luca and love Italy without even coming here. If they can't come, they can't come, but you can love it, Italy just the same and have it in your heart and take it wherever you go. That's that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And also, you can sort of, like you say, if you want to be here and can't be here for whatever reason, you can be an armchair visitor mm -hmm. or an armchair tourist. And that's so. So your uh, your magazine, Grapevine, to, to me. Um, I mean, I don't live here all year, as you know. Mm -hmm. I, I I'm backwards and forwards between <laughs> here and the UK. But um, it, it, it 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 brings me closer. I mean, it, sometimes when because you have you have the most amazing um, pullout in the middle, and it gives all the dates of the months, and it gave not, not everything, but a lot. Well, well, no, but <laughs> I mean, oh, it's pretty extensive. I mean, yeah. oh, there isn't much missed out, surely. No, it, it's really, really full. But it gives you the each day of the month, and it tells you the um, what events are on, what markets are on, mm -hmm. what concerts are on. And you can plan. So although I like looking at that and think, oh, that's wonderful. If I'm not here, I'm thinking, oh, I'm missing that. Right, I wish I was right. here. But it, it warms my heart. So because you can purchase it either at a newsstand or you can subscribe online, can't you? Right. You can have a postal subscription mm. if you like to receive the paper edition mm. or have it online mm. to have the, the information. Mm. Some people prefer online, some people mm. prefer paper. Mm. And that was a big uh, evolution in the okay. magazine. Originally, we had hundreds mm. of subscribers. Mm. Now, oh, we don't have so many, but we have a lot more. We have hundreds of, of online subscribers yes. rather than postal. Uh, so much the better for the trees, right? But uh, mm. we need both. Right now, we need both. I, I have to say, um, I became the owner-editor in 2016 because uh, Susan Jarman passed away. And after she passed away, uh, Barbara Smith and Carolyn Slater were editors, mm -hmm. and I worked with them. I worked with Silvano, mm -hmm. Silvano being um, Susan's husband, and mm -hmm. now my partner, uh, has been a, an integral part of the magazine mm -hmm. from the beginning, mm -hmm. and he's a Lucchese. 
Wow. So he's a big, big help mm. um, in many ways, but also because of his perfect Italian. Mm. <laughs> so when we have things misspelled in the magazine, he normally sees them before he, I do. He corrects them for in, you. In Italian. Yes. yes. I'm, I'm good in English, but mm. my Italian is okay, but I'm oh. not a great speller. <laughs> no, it's excellent. Well, I know I know your spoken your spoken word is excellent, and I know I, I see it's in the in, in in the in the magazine. I can see how how good it is. And there's um in the, your latest edition. And thank you so much. You kindly gave have given me the the latest edition. Um, there's there's an article in um because people submit articles, don't they? Mm-hmm. And there's an article in and it's it's in Italian and in English, mm-hmm. and that's that's great because you have Italian readers and you also have. Uh, Italian-speaking readers yes. and English-speaking readers, don't we? We have a, a bilingual article mm, maybe five times a year on average. Mm. Uh, it depends if someone submits something or I find something that mm. looks really interesting mm. and it happens to be in Italian, that's fine too. Mm. And, and it gives us an opportunity to have a bilingual page, mm. which, uh, yes, as you say, it helps with the language. And mm. that particular, this particular article this month it's really fun because it talks about where the place names come from, mm, mm. like Luke, which most most people know means a, a swampy place, mm, mm. but also little towns mm. that have names based on mm. on the river, mm. the Sergio River, and mm. and the derivations of the language. Mm. Well, what I found what, what what's good for me, and I know other people have commented the same. When you have the bilingual um, articles. It's good for people like myself to learn in the language. So no matter what stage of learning you're at with the language, um, it's so easy when you're English speaking, especially when you first start out, you think of a, a sentence that you want in English and then you try and look for the words in Italian. Well, it doesn't fall that you said, uh, you know, it, it doesn't fall that um, 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 if you do a sentence, it doesn't fall that it follows exactly. So it's no. good to see the sentences and how they're constructed in Italian. Mm-hmm. So although it's sort of, it's providing information, it's providing fun reading, it's also an educational tool as well, in mm-hmm. my mind. Sure. And um, in fact, um, when I was learning French, and I went to France without the language, I studied a lot of languages, mm. but not French. <laughs> I found myself in France for a long time. Uh, I learned best after a couple of years when I went to a school called Seran, C-E-R-A-N, okay. which happened to be in Brussels, mm. a residential program. And it was full immersion. That was great. But mm. what worked for me was the, that each day they gave us a series of sentences to memorize. Okay. Um, and, and they asked me, what do you want to say and why do you want mm. to say it? Then they gave me the sentence to learn, not a word, wow. but a little sentence mm. that would just kind of flow off my tongue after they drilled it into me. And those words, uh, those sentences were um, essential to things like getting a better salary, being more polite, wow. um, you know, being sounding fluent, even though mm. I wasn't. Mm. Uh, when you learn mm. a sentence instead mm. of a word, mm. you sound really good. You do. That's very <laughs> true. That's very, I mean, uh, uh, this isn't a sentence, but it's sort of, I've, I, 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 every time I, I come, I pick up little, I don't know if the colloquialisms are, uh, what's just said locally or if it's for all over Italy because I, I, I have realised over the time that the the different regions have different di- not a different language but they have different sort of dialects way. that's sure. exactly it yeah yes. but yeah. Um, and, and accents and exactly 
So there's one that I say quite a lot now. So when I go in, um, I mean, what I do love is you can buy food on the go. So on my way here today, I was on my bike and I stopped, just stopped outside a, a pastichia, picked up a pastry and ate it while I was cycling here. Um, and But if you pick up a piece, a slice of pizza, which is very, very common, you don't have to buy mm -hmm. a full pizza. And a lot of people don't know that, that haven't visited before. You can just say, oh, I'll have a slice and you say which pizza you want. But... Um, um, one of the sayings that I love saying is mangio subito, mean I'm going to eat it now. Mm -hmm. So they know not to put it in a box, in a bag, they just put it in sort of, not kitchen roll, but you know, so right. you just, you know, you just sort of, you can walk around eating it like that. But mangio subito, so uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to eat it now is right. a very uh, rough, loose translation, mm -hmm. but they understand, and it's those little things. So as you say, right. when you say these things in shops, people respect you and mm -hmm. think, oh, that you know they're not a tourist something i learned in france which is good also in italy is to say excuse me i have a question or i have a problem can you help me oh so because usually when we're foreigners we say something very directly like where is the exactly. post office oh. where is via santa croce mm. if you say excuse me i have a question can mm. you help me mm. they're immediately nicer mm. and the interaction becomes uh, more positive. So, so how would you say that to somebody in Italy? Uh, because per favore, uh, vorrei fare una domanda. Posso, yeah. um, posso fare una domanda? Yes. Uh, yeah, so, so I, um, also, I have a question. Yeah, yeah. Yes, a demanda is a question, isn't it? Because I sometimes say, when I go on the train, I take my bicycle sometimes. If I go to Bagni di Luca, or if I go to, um, it's more often at Via Reggio, if I go to the beach, I'll take, I'll, I'll, I can get my bicycle on the train if it's one of the newer which mm -hmm. it normally is but if it's one of the older um and also the steps taking a bicycle down the steps oh, is so hard so i'll say i'm just trying to think off the top of my head what i'll say puoi aiutami con il bici please could you help me with the bike now i don't know if that's exactly how you should si, say or, it or but they and, and they see si, i would like to ask Oh, of course, yes. It just gives them a little time to, first of all, understand you. Mm, and mm. second of all, the conditional form is always polite. And it's, <laughs> it's funny polite. you should say that now because, I mean, I, I am getting a little bit more, a, a, very slightly more fluent. But when I first started, I was, I'd be thinking it over. I need to ask this, I need to ask that. And I think you do, you, I hadn't realised until you said it, you do tend to blurt it out, but you oh, feel yes. so pleased with yourself. Tabataio. Yeah. All stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But I do, I start off with, dove, where is, yeah, or I'm going to, you know, or where is, yeah, so it's a really good point, that actually, Norma yes. Jean. If you think about it, even in our own countries, we don't walk up to somebody and say, you know. Where, where's the church? Where's or, the church? Yeah. We have transitional phrases. We do. We I really like that. It's a really, really, really good point. Yeah, really yeah. good point. Yeah, so it's learning those few, um, th those few um, sentences that will be stand you in good stead and help you and they'll also you like you get the respect of the Italian people but mm -hmm. they are they're so um, they're so helpful aren't they when you do ask oh, them a question Italians are wonderful they really <laughs> but they if you ask if you ask them a question or if you ask for help they, they can't do enough for you can they mm -hmm. it's, it, it seems to be that's the culture and the nature isn't it and I can't tell you how many Italians I know first tell me they don't speak English. Oh, tell me and about it. And then, of course, they do. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't want to be 
uh, embarrassed, shall we yes. say. Mm. So they let us embarrass ourselves. Well, I'm quite. I, I many years ago now, I, I decided I wasn't going to let it bother me. I was just going to go for it, mm-hmm. and I do go for it. And I, I, I've, I've really, really, I've embarrassed myself. I've made a fool of myself. Yeah. But that's how you learn, isn't it? Sure. Part yeah. of the fun and the adventure, surely. Well, I've always been a, a pretty shy. I mean, I used to be shy person mm. as a child. I didn't want to talk to people. Mm. So for me, language doesn't come that easily. I prefer to to be, be quiet. Yes. <laughs> but you don't learn that way. So mm. you have to go out and mm. be with people mm. to mm. to develop your language skills. It's really important. Mm. So so if somebody came um, here to 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 Luca, and they didn't speak a word of Italian. Do you think, you know, say they were coming for a few weeks or a day or whatever time period, do you think they would be okay to be able to get by and just sort of get some food and get a drink and whatever else, you know? Oh, I think so. Mm-hmm. Sure. I met a, a young girl, she was about 13 or 14, who was brought to Italy, shall we say, <laughs> a little bit against her will. She didn't mm-hmm. know she was going to end up in, in this country. And she couldn't say anything and didn't want to say anything. And her parents were a little bit insisting. And I said, don't worry. You know, for the first week, I, and my son as well, mm. I said, all you have to say is hello. Mm. And once he would do that, my son was very shy when he came at six years old. Yeah. And once he got used to saying hello, then I encouraged him to say another <laughs> word. But it was very, very slow in the beginning. Mm. And then you break through the dam and it gets easier, mm. right? Mm. So, yeah. It's but good no, going, at your, going at your own pace, isn't it, really? Yeah. Italians are very accepting. They I are. Mm. And, and, and as you previously said, it's um, that what they say, you say to them, um, I, I, I usually say to them in Italian that I, I only speak a little Italian, do you speak English? If, it's, if I need to ask a t- a technic- something a bit more technical, mm-hmm. and um, they say, uh, un po', a little. And then they start speaking to you, they're fluent. And you think, if that's, I wish I only spoke that much <laughs> Italian, you know. They're just, they're, they're wonderful, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, how long have you actually been in Lucca? We came in 1995. Yeah. Uh, and Lucca is a province. In the beginning, I didn't mm. understand that. No. We were in Lucca province. We mm. were on the coast. Mm. And I intended to live near the coast because my children had ear problems when they were small. Mm-hmm. And Paris is not very kind to your ears it's cold and wet of course so uh, for that reason and also because I'm an Italian uh, and I have dual citizenship yes I began the procedure in when I lived in France and it was complicated Mm. it got easier once I lived here trying to get documents for example Mm. my grandfather was from Bologna and uh, yeah I I thought about living actually in that area my grandfather and grandmother are from the states the, the the mountains between Bologna and Florence. Okay. And I found cousins at a little town halfway between. between um, Castiglione de Pepoli. It's called Castiglione yes. de Pepoli. And I've gone to see those cousins a couple of times. And that's in the mountains? In the mountains, mm. uh-huh. And uh, my grandfather was born in a tiny village called Grizzana, which became known as Grizzana Morandi because a famous painter named Morandi comes from that town. No, he doesn't come from that town. He vacationed every year. Ah. He had a house in that town. And Morandi is an excellent um, painter who's on 
on exhibit on permanent exhibit in in Bologna. Mm. Um, so that little town was put on the mm. map. Um, and my grand my grandmother was from the Prato side mm. near Puretta Terme. They left before World War Two. Okay. Uh, at World War Two, one of the worst at, at the time of World War Two, one of the worst massacres occurred in that area. It was called Monte Sole, um, where this this occurred. People know about Santana di Stazzema mm. because uh, Spike Lee made a film, okay. Miracle of Santana. But the same kind of thing happened at Monte Sole. And uh, <laughs> when I had first moved to, to Luca, um, a group of the Resistance Historic Commemoration mm-hmm. um, group here, a group of people, uh, went by bus up to the mountains to, to this uh, uh, commemoration of the the massacre, and I went along, and they said, "What are you coming for?" <laughs> and I, I didn't have much Italian at the time, but I tried to explain to them that I needed to find out more about what yes. happened because my grandparents weren't there, but their families were. Yes, and an entire village was destroyed. An entire village. Mm. Goodness. Yes, hundreds of people were killed. I mean, it happened all over, didn't it? But I, I had, I've gone goosebumpy now. You told me oh, about no, it's, that. It yeah, was, it, it's really sad, really awful. Really sad. Mm. Yeah, it's so unnecessary, isn't it? Well, that was World War Two, and yes, uh, it would be nice if wars could be ended. It know, would. It forever. would. But it it would. It would. So, so you said when you first came, uh, twenty six years ago now, isn't it? That you that you went to the coast. So was it? Uh, Pietra Santa, Via, Via Reggio, whereabouts mm-hmm. did you? Um, above Pietra Santa is uh, Caprilia. Okay, Caprilia. yes. And uh, that's where we stayed, yes. up the hill. Yes. And I had to drive up and down, taking my <laughs> children. We got to put them in the school, yes. even though it was Christmas time. For two weeks they went to the little local school there. Wow. And that was a wonderful experience. Mm, wonderful. And then I found our house in another another hill mm, town, mm, Monteggiore. Mm. Uh, it was a vacation house, but they agreed to rent it to me year-round at oh, wow. the summer price for uh, six months. Wow. We divided it in two, and I paid them for 12 months. Oh, wow. So I was lucky, and we had a view of the sea. <gasps> it was pretty, but you had to walk up and down the mountain. Yes. So going to school was a bit of a challenge for yes, my children. Yes. They prefer living in Lucca, yes. I'm sure. We miss living by the coast. It's mm. warmer. Mm. It's sunnier. Mm. The climate in Luca is not mm. the best climate. Well, it's it, it's it, it can be a bit damp, can't it? Mm. It can, yeah. It's a plain. It's a yes. swampy plain. A swampy plain originally. Yes. <laughs> but because we live in a a, a city of, with so much stone, yes, we we don't suffer um, from. It's not like living in a swamp. No, obviously, no. <laughs> we have we have stone walls around us everywhere, mm. and. Mm. So many bars, restaurants, places mm. to be. Mm. I think it's it's charming. I love it. Um, well, this is what the podcast is about. So although it's called Life in Luca with Andrea, it's not just the city. Mm-hmm. It is, as you said earlier, the yeah. province. So it's great to get some, um, you know, a little insight right. into right. In, in, into the other the other villages and, and towns around. Because when people visit. Some people will want to stay in the city, mm-hmm. but some people will want to stay in the province. And you know, right. it's, yeah. it, so it's, it's it's lovely to get that because um, many of the small villages, not all of them, and obviously not the mountain ones, but a lot of them do have train stations, don't they? Mm-hmm. So, you know. Oh yes, and I, I should say that I don't live in Luca anymore. Mm. I mm. I did, but um, 
uh, my partner and I, Silvano and I, b bought an old mill, and it's 40 minutes away by mm. car. Yeah. There's a train, but it doesn't go all the way to the house. There's a no. bus, mm. but with COVID, I don't like taking the no. bus. No, Public transportation is a bit iffy right now. Yeah. So we drive, and uh, and the mill is, is really delightful. It was mm. built in the 1700s. Wow. Um, and outside the building is... Um, the date carved in stone. Yeah. <clears throat> but inside the do doors uh, of the barn of the of the lower part of the house uh, is written in very old script, nineteen fourteen. Oh. And I can just imagine. I can see in my mind yeah. the the villagers or the the, the mill family. Yeah. Hiding from oh, from the war, sheltering yeah. from the mm. war at that time, and they were totally self reliant mm -hmm. because we had chestnuts, mm -hmm. which was the basis mm -hmm. of the diet during mm -hmm. the war. Chestnut flour. Mm -hmm. um, they milled chestnuts. They milled uh, corn, of mm -hmm. course, for their uh, flour, polenta mm -hmm. flour. Mm -hmm. uh, although polenta is more bolognese. Um, and what else? Uh, and they also had fish ponds, mm -hmm. which were a little later probably, mm -hmm. but where, where we live, mm -hmm. we have three cement ponds where trout were raised. Oh, really? Yes, and the water comes from the stream through the trout, through the cement ponds. Yeah. Uh, so there was uh, running water, even though they're ponds, mm. trout-like running water. Mm. And uh, there are a lot of fish ponds. That's why it's called Pescalia. Pescalia means um, fish place. Ah, no? yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and yes. we're just uh, one kilometer from the village, the main village. Yes. But the valley is fascinating, like Lucca. It's still mm. Lucca, really, mm. even though it's a different town. It's the same co uh, province. Mm -hmm. um, the valley of Piscalia is fantastic. You go up the valley, and first you come to Celli dei Puccini, okay. which is called Celli dei Puccini because Puccini's grandfather and grandmother came from that area. And there's a museum. Uh, in the summer, there are concerts in the town square. Wow. We almost bought a house there. But it's also a pedestrian village. You yeah. have to park at the bottom. Yeah. And then you go a little bit higher, and there's Vetriano. Vetriano contains the smallest opera house in perhaps Tuscany. I'm not sure if it's Italy or Tuscany. Uh, it's a tiny theater that houses uh, seats, not houses, seats 100 people. And uh, occasionally they do performances there. But it's a, it's an old, old theater that's been renovated mm -hmm. and is a part of the five uh, Italian um, Environmental Foundation. Uh, the Italian Environmental uh, Association. There's also a museum of rural life, mm -hmm. country life, and there's a museum of uh, chestnuts. Wow. So it's a fascinating area. Uh, um, we have an article this month about Carlo Galgani, who is a blacksmith, yeah. and his family has run this blacksmith shop since the 1500s, wow. his ancestors, mm. of course. Mm. I haven't read that one yet. I've seen yeah, it. I've yeah. seen the, both the, the, the pictures in it, but I we've haven't read written, it yet. We've had articles about him four or five times mm. over the years because people like to visit mm. and write about visiting Carlo, yeah. and he makes uh, tools. Yeah. Usually he makes uh, what's called a mezzoluna. Do you know what a mezzoluna is? A uh, half moon? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's used to slice vegetables. It's curved, oh. and you can chop chop vegetables, mm. not slice. 
You could do it really fast. Ah, right. Yeah. I, I know. What you, I didn't know it was called a, a half yeah, moon. So yeah, I have one now. I, yes. I find it's much easier than a knife. Than a knife, yes, mm. yes. Anyway, yeah. Carlo the blacksmith is very popular. Uh, yes. And he's elderly now, but mm. he's still working. It's for the love of it, though. It's, it, it's like you are with the grapevine. He absolutely loves it, doesn't mm-hmm. he? It's, his, it's his, what fills his days and what sure. he enjoys doing, isn't it? So, sure. yes, yes, I know. Um, and I know, I know of him, so I'm, going, I'm really looking forward to, to reading the article. Just remind me again what you said this village was called. Um, his village is, well, the turnoff is called Trebiel, T-R-E-B-B-I-O. Yeah, so that's that's the that's blacksmith. Where you turn and go, he's in the woods. Yeah. I'm not sure if he has a different village name. It's not a village. It's just a house. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and um, like a little small holding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this the smallest opera house and the two museums. Where did you say they were? Sorry. The opera house is in Vetriano. Vetriano. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Chestnut Museum is in Colonia. Colonia. C O L O G. N O R A, and Colonia is where Spike Lee filmed the the movie Miracle at Santana. Santana is on the other side of the mountain. Uh, that uh, there was a terrible massacre there mm. uh, during the war. What amazes me when I when I'm doing these interviews and I'm speaking to people, it's it's as if this area is like a hub. I can't. Well, it would take me too long to, to, to start listing all, all the different um, important worldwide and national things that have taken place in and around Luca. It, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? When, when you yeah. stop and you sit down and you talk and you find this out. The, the, um, yeah, yeah. There's, there's so much to offer, isn't there? There's there so is, much. Really. And whatever your interest... There is going to be something here, isn't there, for you, either in the city or in the surrounding area of the, the province. Mm. It's an amazing place. So 26 years is, is, a, is, a, is a substantial amount of time. What changes have you seen, you know? <laughs> Personally, mm. not as many as you might think, actually. I, I think Luca has maintained its integrity, especially inside the walls, because of the walls, and the walls were built in three different periods of time, you know, mm. the medieval mm. time, the Renaissance time, then the time of Napoleon, and architecturally, it's pretty, pretty authentic. Well, I guess the main changes have been uh, shops closing, small businesses closing, and that's pretty sad because mm. so many people like the big chain stores, and they go outside the walls to do their shopping mm. um, because maybe it costs a little less. Maybe mm. <laughs> Probably it doesn't, but people mm. think that if they go to a big store, it's going to cost mm. less. Overall, I find we buy the wrong things when we go to a big store. Well, you buy them. They're, they're packaged, aren't they? I mean, I know there's quite... And a, packaging. At yeah. Essilunga, um, one of the main supermarkets, they, they, they have a mixture of packaged and loose... But um, you can actually buy inside the walls, if you go to the autofruiter, the greengrocer, uh, or the bakers, you can usually buy um, the, the, quant- the actual amount you want. Mm-hmm. So it's false economy, buying the bigger pack, because a lot of the time you throw it away or you don't eat it, or it's not as fresh. Right. So uh, It was my son who told me when he was a young adult, Mom, you're buying too much. <laughs> I used to go, with, when I had children at home, I'd go to the big supermarkets. Yeah. And um, even kept a lot in the freezer yes. but he said you know buy one tomato buy one melanzana uh, mm. eggplant 
buy one <laughs> what you need for the day. You don't yeah. have to buy a package. And then half the time they end up being old or mm. having to be thrown away if they don't get eaten immediately. Exactly. And it's also you're integrating yourself more. If you shop every day or every other day, whichever suits you, you're integrating yourself more with the local, mm -hmm. the local shopkeepers. And they do remember you when you go in, don't they? That's right. And uh, we have a lot of outdoor markets. Yes. One of the most charming, which is mm. not very old, is in Piazza San Francesco. Yes. And there are probably only, what, ten merchants, a dozen mm. merchants. Mm. But they have what we need. Mm. You know, they have fruits and vegetables. Cheese, honey. The, uh, and cheeses. And, the honey. Oh, because yeah. oh, you can... Honey. I, I, I like to buy just the small, the small jars and you mm -hmm. can buy... I mean, I've got some honey now. And I, I shouldn't really admit to this, but I can eat it by the spoonful oh, out of the jar. It's, it's so, so good. delicious. And it's so good for you. It is so good yeah. for you. It's not good for my hips, but it's it's yeah. good. For, it's good for my health. And that reminds me of another change. A very important okay. change was um, the market that is now by the river. Yes, yes. It used to be on the inside of the walls. Oh, it did. And via Bacatone. It did, yes. And that was so wonderful. Yeah. I, I, we'd get up, I think it was Wednesday, bike yeah. over there, mm. and it was huge, mm. and it was convenient. Yeah. You could find mm. anything from kittens to, yeah. to sweaters. <laughs> I, know. I know, I know, I know, I know. I miss that being there. Yeah. Really yeah. miss it being there. Yeah, it was lovely, I wasn't it? Like yeah, they like closed streets off, didn't they? And you have you. When did it leave? Well, you know? it was. I think it was before COVID, but I'm not 100% sure. So you were here then? Uh -huh. yeah, yes, I've been coming to Lucas since, ooh, I think 2010, I think. Really? Yeah, about 11 years, uh -huh. approximately. But I didn't used to stay in Luca. I, I, I used to stay in Banya de Luca. Okay. Uh, Ponte Seralio oh, or La Vila. Yeah, and I used to visit Luca. And then I think around about, ooh, I'm to really think my old brain now. I think maybe about 2014, 15, something like that. Uh, I decided to come and sort of try and formally um, 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 formalise uh, learning for, my, for language. Uh -huh. So I went to Luca, uh, Liz, Luca Italian School, and I'd do a week there, so I'd stay in the centre. And I thought, you know, it's much easier and it, to stay in the centre. And I was getting to know people, and um, because I didn't need a car, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can, you can walk. I mean, it's so easy to walk anyway, sure. but, I mean, it's lovely to have the bike. Um, you can go a little bit further if you're quicker if you've got the bike. Um, oh, yes. Um, I wanted to say my daughter chose to live in town. Um, yes. After I moved out of town, my daughter mm. uh, moved into town because she needed a ground floor flat for her harp. Mm. And she performs a lot in places like the town hall, mm. the Teatro del Giglio. Wow. Um, and she can just roll her harp across town. Wow. It's yeah, heavy. Of it weighs yes. 48 kilos 48 kilos and she weighs 50 kilos oh my goodness <laughs> and she rolls it around uh she has a van and and in her van her, uh, yeah a van she uh can put in the heart and have permission to drive in town yeah you have to have a permit that's right yeah and if you don't live in town every mm. time there's a concert you have to go get your she had to go and get her permit mm. which cost money but most of all which is located across town mm. a long way outside of town mm. not in the walls mm. outside of town mm. and you have to order the permit a day in advance mm. so um, that's a real problem so she loves living in town mm. she has her harps and her, car, her her piano and she's also five minutes walking distance from the scuola media where she teaches yes, yes. my son is just outside of town 
behind the railroad track. Oh yes, and the San Concordio. Walk to town. Yes. So. Well, it's good from San Concordio, isn't it? Because they've got the uh, they've got the massive. Uh, well, it's a really wide cycle lane, and then you can cycle. The, mm-hmm. There's a cycle that goes on the under the underpass, and then you you know you don't have to cross a busy road or anything, and you just just outside the walls and you just cycle through, don't you? It's he amazing. Used to cycle, but uh, he lost his bike. I think mm. I think someone took his bike. Yes, mm, yeah, that happens. It does. It does happen from time to time. It's just. I mean, it's not. I'm not, I'm not trying to portray Luca as the perfect place. No, no. But it, it's one of the better places to be. You know. By the way, it's very good at uh, integrating. I think it's pretty good mm. at integrating the immigrants into the life of Luca. Exactly. Yeah. And they're very nice people. Mm. At the street I used to live on, mm. um, Vicolo delle Orfanelli. No? Oh. Vicolo delle Orfanelli, Angelo Custodi. Angelo oh, yeah. Custodi. Yeah. There's a a, a religious community mm. and they've given one floor to about 15 immigrants have they really africans yeah. Uh, yeah. and romanians yeah. i don't know not romanians but mm. i don't know where they come from no but at any rate um that's wonderful they're very it? Yeah. good at receiving people yeah so do you have a favorite italian word for uh, word or phrase actually i don't mm. but Following up on what we were saying before, mm. I like to say dunque, which means well. Mm. <laughs> Time yes. to think. I like to say um, allora, mm. which means also mm. well. Then. Mm. It's just a nice pause in the conversation. It is, yes, and, sort of, and everybody knows them. That's what's so good about it, and it's sort of it's they're widely used, aren't they? Mm. It's not sort of. Um, an embarrassing pause. It's a it's a natural pause, isn't it? And everybody expects it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, do you have a favourite restaurant? I have several. I, I love them all, but uh, the, I think one of the perhaps the best in town is Bucca di San Antonio. Yes. It's a little bit little bit more money, but it's worth yeah, it. Yeah. And the one that's my go-to place is Nonna Clara. Yes. Because they make the best fiore di zucchini or fiore di zucca yeah um but they're zucchini really you were uh, eating that when i saw you fried what? fried zucchini flowers yes oh, gorgeous yes yes can't get enough of them yeah. <laughs> and um I, I know you don't have a favorite gelateria i know that's not your thing i'm a bit allergic to milk milk yeah so but what about uh favorite ch- chocolate well I, I think cani paroli yes. i believe it's yeah one of Mine the best too. it is yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what about um, your favourite pasticceria? Oh, Dianda. Dianda, yes. Mm-hmm, that's yeah. near the Piazza della Colonna Mozza. Yes, Dianda. Yes, that's good. And so, um, recommendations. If somebody was coming to Luca just for the day, um, where you know what? What would you say? I like that that question and the following question you might yes. ask me. Um, um, the, for one day, the first thing to do is to walk around the walls. Mm. And that way you can see the expanse of the countryside, the mountains, which now are covered with snow, or, or yes. some even with marble. Yes. Uh, that's beautiful. And mm. you can see the inner city as a whole. Yes. Then, uh, when you're in town, I don't know, I'd, I'd sit in front of the Teatro del Giglio, Piazza mm. del Giglio, mm. or t- Piazza Napoleone, and just watch people go by. Yes. Yeah. San Michele, of course. That was the Roman heart of the city. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, that's where 
the the two Roman roads always crossed in the center of a town. Yeah. That was in really? Piazza San Michele. The Decumanus and the what do you? I didn't study Latin at school either. Yeah. Um, yeah the the well, north, south, east, west yeah. axis mm. passes through San Michele because we're near the um, the pilgr- pilgrimage route. The fa- fan- ah, yes, the Via Fran- Francigena. Francigena. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 that's important. Yeah. The other place to go is the amphitheater, of course, which yes. is not as historic as some amphitheaters but it's filled with wonderful restaurants mm. where you can sit at a bar and a table in the mm. center and if you come in April there's a flower festival for mm. Santa Cita which mm. is beautiful mm. uh, the amphitheater is a beautiful place to be as well um, mm. but the, the pilgrimage route uh, for that you should talk to Diana. have you interviewed Diana? Uh, I haven't wonderful. interviewed Diana. she's walked most of it oh She's walked most of it. Right, well, I'll have to get her details off you. Mm-hmm. That would be... Um, there are major roads and uh, side roads of the pilgrimage route from Canterbury to Rome. Yes. And I've never done it, but I would no. love to. There was um, there was a programme, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, um, on the television, and it was um, what, the, what they call as celebrities. <laughs> and they, they, they had them walking. Oh. Um, not... not all of this it was just a section so it wasn't all in Italy but part of it came through mm-hmm. came through but that was fascinating just to see it and to I suppose I mean the idea of having celebrities do it is because mm-hmm. they know how to be filmed on, te- on television <laughs> so know. so that that you know they're used to that sort of thing if you had everyday people like us maybe we, it wouldn't be as um, it wouldn't be as good for the TV I don't know so mm-hmm. it didn't matter the fact they were celebrities was neither think, here nor there but I think the public likes to watch celebrities oh, do, do anything Right. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe it doesn't oh. sound like I'm not keen on that. I don't think Actually, you are as well. I did walk a little part of the, the route. I forgot. Okay. Mont- Montalcino. I think it was Montalcino. Oh, Montalcino. I know Montalcino. South okay. of Siena. Yes. And I was with a friend who was visiting from America. Yeah. We started to walk, but it rained. It rained really hard. Mm. So we went into um, a place for lunch. Yes. And we stayed there a few hours. It was hailing outside. Yes. yes. And we didn't make that little walk. Um, it was. A, about five kilometers. Mm-hmm. We only walked maybe a half a kilometer, mm-hmm. I have to admit. Mm-hmm. But I wrote a poem about it. Oh, lovely. Which, um, I should have brought next time. Yeah. I'll, I'll send it to you. Please do. I wrote a poem about walking the, the French Indiana, but it was really about sitting in a nice cafe. <laughs> I think I think Chaucer had the same idea. You <laughs> sit in the table and talk about it. Yes, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a really good idea. As long as you've got a good, a good uh, coffee or hot chocolate with you or something. Yeah. yeah. And so somebody was coming for more than a day. So if they were coming for, say, a week. Oh, yes. Um, Toluca. Uh, I would get on the train and go up and into the mountains and go to the coast. Pietra Santa for a sculpture and art. And, mm. and there's a fortress there that you can walk along. Mm. Pietro Santa is beautiful, but so is Castelnuovo Garfagnana. Mm. Fantastic. Oh, San Romano in Garfagnana. I'm not sure the train reaches it, but mm. there are buses too. Mm. You can rent a car mm. and take a bicycle if you're mm. so inclined. Those towns are wonderful. The, mm. the, the countryside, the, the, the little mountain villages, what I talked about at Piscalia. Mm. Um, mm. It's fascinating. So... Uh, if someone likes bicycling, it's a wonderful place to be a cyclist. It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Have you been to the, uh, near Castel Nuovo? Have you been to the is it Eremo Monastery? 
uh, oh. we were there a few weeks ago. Oh, wait, because you lunch? Um, we were looking, we've actually been thinking about opening the trout farm. Really? Which once existed at our house. Mm. So we went there because they have a trout farm. There is one nearby, isn't um, there? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. we're planning to go back and have lunch one day. It's oh, it's, have you been for lunch before? Uh, it's 10, 20 years, oh, I think. <laughs> well, you'll know them, but it, 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 it's always very, very simple. But it's absolutely delicious. Have you been there then? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. no, no, I've, um, Because you need the car, and I don't usually have a car, but when <laughs> I have had a car or been with somebody, I've been a few times, it, the, 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 built in the sheer cliff face. Yes. It, it, it's breathtaking. It takes your breath away, doesn't it? When we went, it was late afternoon, the clouds were rising, oh. and all of a sudden that oh. white appeared, and I said, mm. oh, there it is, right yeah. there above us. We yeah. were near Vergemole, yes. which is down below. I've got two friends uh, that live in Vergemole. And, and they so, raised yeah. the trout in the ponds there, mm, yeah. and fished them out for you yeah. uh, with a net. Mm. But uh, yes, it's mm. very interesting. Just sure. Mm. I think what I like most about Luca um, is that the deeper you go, the more there is to know exactly that's a real you've really hit the nail on the head there yeah. because it's hard to describe to somebody what you really have there that's mm -hmm. exactly it you think you've, you've know you, you, you learn something new and you think you've, you know everything and then something else and something else you never stop learning do you no, no. oh you've really hit the nail on the that's head that's so definitely. true that's so true yeah. and yeah. when we went to Florence when I went to Florence when I was young I mm -hmm. thought that was fantastic I wanted to go back there and live but it changed a lot yeah. Luca doesn't change no, as radically no. Um, outside the walls, yes, there's yeah. industrialization and, mm. and growth and more traffic on the ring road. Mm. But it's not like Florence, which um, has been so overwhelmed by tourism. Mm. Do you know there are 80, eight, about 80 eight, oh, universities, American universities in Florence? Really? So you can imagine how many wow. people are speaking English on the streeks constantly. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it takes, it takes Luca, the heart away, doesn't you it? Hear, you hear mm. languages in Luca, but... Mm. You, you hear Italian most of the time. Oh, you do. You do, yeah. definitely, yeah. And who would want to go live in a foreign country and just be in an enclave of, yes. of foreigners? No. We stick together because we all care about each other, yes. we foreigners, but most of us want to be immersed in and Italian integrated. We, we do. We do. Yeah. yeah. Well, Norma Jean, you've blown, you've blown my mind. You've blown me away with that, <laughs> honestly. I, I, I feel as though we could talk for so long, but I know that you have another appointment. Um... Um, thank you so much for your time and sharing your experiences. They've been absolutely wonderful. Um, I'm looking forward to editing the, uh, the this episode. I want to listen to it again because you've packed so much in. <laughs> so um, thank you very much. It's really been fun. It has, hasn't uh, it? Thank you thank so you much. All of these things. Yes. Well, we got through quite a lot there. Why do I feel, though, that we only scraped the surface? It wasn't easy pinning Norma Jean down as she's so busy editing and publishing and distributing her passion, which is the Great Vermin magazine. And don't you just love the strapline? The magazine for those who live in Tuscany, or wish they did. So if that applies to you, go online and subscribe at lucagrapevine.com. You'll be so pleased that you did. You can also contact Norma Jean by email at editor at lucagrapevine.com. You can find Norma Jean's recommendations and contact details in the episode notes. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would be ever so grateful if you could visit the Ko-Fi supporter webpage, ko-fi forward slash life in Luca, 
and donate the equivalent of a gelato or two as this helps me to produce further episodes. You could also hit the subscribe or follow button now on your usual podcast app so that each new episode will appear, as if by magic, in your podcast library. And if you've a little time to spare, please do leave a review. During the months of time in Luca, I post photographs of my adventures and the people I meet. If that is of interest to you, you can follow me on Instagram at Andreas underscore life underscore in underscore Luca. Thanks so much for listening and your continued support. If you have any questions or if you are in Luca, do email me at lifeinluca at hotmail.com and we can perhaps meet up for a coffee chat or a walk on the walls. A presto.